Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. If you're listening to this right now and you know that you're getting separated or divorced and you are freaking out, potentially going to be homeless Mm. or just have no assets whatsoever, what can you do? And today, this episode is for you. This is called Spousal Maintenance, How to Get It. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. So this is a bit of a a sad one, but an important one because Mm. we've just been doing some webinars recently and there have been some people just going, help, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Mm. Now, of course, there are community legal centres you can go to, is that right? Yep. And legal aid. So you can ask for help uh, without having to pay for it from those centres. But uh, today we're going to talk you through what spousal maintenance is and how you can go for it. But remembering this is just community education, legal education. This is not legal advice. Because we don't know your situation. We don't know your situation. So, Mum, starting off with, let's start with the start. What is spousal maintenance? Okay, so spousal maintenance is, uh, sometimes I call it alimony because people remember that from the American cases. Alimony. Alimony. But what it is is a payment from one spouse or former spouse to another. Um, it can be from a man to a woman, a woman to a man, a man to a man, whatever it, it is. Um, it's a payment to them where one person doesn't have enough money to adequately support themselves mm-hmm. and the other person has capacity, you know, has, in other words, has more than enough money to support themselves and should pay be, and is ordered to pay some over to the ex partner who doesn't have enough. Can I ask if you are de facto separated, you never yes. actually got married, can you get Yes, spousal? you can de- have de facto spousal maintenance. Phew. Yes. Okay. Yes. So for those people that aren't married, don't worry, you're still okay. Yeah. So, okay. So that's what it is. Now, it's very easy for everyone to say, we'll get spousal maintenance, but it sounds a lot harder for people, I guess, to get it. Mm. But I guess some of the questions are, wh- when can you get it? Uh, as soon as you separate, you can ask for spousal maintenance. It, what about if you're separated under one I roof? I knew you were going to say because that. Because so many people so are. Many, I've never seen so many people. It must be the kind. Really? Yeah. I've never, it's a, used to be a really uncommon thing. Yeah. And now it was like nearly a quarter of our listeners. Yeah. You hang in there, guys. You're yeah. very special people to get, get through this. Yep. So, so you can though, because it also helps. You can ask for spousal maintenance um, separated under one roof mm-hmm. um, and you make yourself clearly separated under one roof and then apply okay and can i ask when it comes to alimony or spousal maintenance is it a forever thing or is it just a temporary thing it used to be like 20 years ago it would be forever until they got remarried (laughs) really yes yes wow but seldom now does the court make an order like that okay mainly what the court does now is is makes an order either an interim order until property settlement it happens. So an interim order means it's a temporary It's a temporary thing. order until you get your share of the house or the whatever it is right. that's to be divided. And then you can use your money the only that's way right. you want. Yeah. yeah. Or it might be for if um if there's kids, for instance, or something, or retraining that needs to happen, it might be, say, for a set period, like four or five years. So I, I, I'm thinking of people I've had over the years. One lady wanted to finish her nursing degree. Right. And she knew it would take her three years and it would cost this much. 
And at the end of that time, she would be able to support herself. Mm. And in the circumstances of that case, Mm. where the husband had plenty of money to support himself because he'd retrained for something during the marriage, he then agreed, but but a court would have ordered, I think, that my client he pay my client some money to keep her going uh, until she finishes her studies in three years' time. Right. Okay. Mm. Can you have an agreement outside of the court? Do you have to go to court to get spousal maintenance? No. no really? Lots and lots of people, uh, they just use the common sense, particularly if there's been a stay-at-home parent. Mm. The other parent um, then clearly needs to keep contributing and the reason they do it, cynical lawyer me, <laughs> says the reason they do it is because they know that if you went to court, the court would order them to do it. Right. So, yes, so that's the nice, so, sensible so approach. So some people separate and their ex will go, okay, well, here's some money every week or I'll yep. pay your rent. Until we sort all of or this. Or here's a credit card. Yep. Okay, it's one of your nice like, of micro them. or interim plans. Like, yeah. Just until we sort out where we're heading. Yeah. You know, oh, and, and some people fall into it. Like, because one person's wage always did this and paid here or the wages always went into the joint account and all the bills came out. It just stays like that while people get their heads around the fact that they've just separated and and then, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, but but what about those people that are nasty, financially mm. controlling poo-poo heads? Yes. Um, and they... They just take all the money, they shut everything down, and those people are just stranded. Well, the court is a wake-up to people like that. They're Um, a wake-up. They they are. I don't think, though, in the Family Law Act, they call them poo-poo heads. I'll, <laughs> I'll do a search. You're on this man as a poo-poo head? Yes. Or this lady as a poo-poo head? Can you hear the judge? And I find that this lady is a, is a poo-poo head. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, so... Um, what you do, there's two sorts of spousal maintenance, and one of them is really amazing, but we don't need to use it very often. Now, one is called urgent okay. interim maintenance, and, and urgent's obvious, interim means short-term maintenance, or then there's an interim maintenance, maintenance application. Now, the urgent interim application for maintenance is so – it's listed ASAP before the courts mm-hmm. – and the law is that you you don't have to produce or they don't have to produce their evidence oh. or anything. You go in with what you've got and mm-hmm. you might say, these are my expenses, look at these bills, they're going to cut the power off and attach that to your little affidavit. Or I'm going to be and, homeless. Yeah, and, and also evidence of what your ex-partner earned last year right. or whatever, whatever you've They've got. They've got a boat, yeah. they've got a caravan. Anything like that. They yep. go on overseas holidays, yep. here's a photo. Whatever you've got, yep. <laughs> take that in. And the court then can make an order for what you need um, usually without too much exploration of the rights of the other person. Oh, wow. Okay, so even without them turning up if you've served them. Geesh. However, it's a really micro, micro, short-term thing. Okay, it's a term. And Very what? brief. And then the court will want to have another look at it. So usually lawyers are able to just apply for interim maintenance without making it urgent, and then we do establish the need establish the ability so if you if you're separating and you are really really desperately broke yeah then you might need to consider bringing an application for urgent maintenance okay. but if you've got enough to tide you over for a little while i don't think the urgent maintenance application is as helpful the urgent maintenance order is very short term and you might be better hanging on and doing a proper application an interim application where you do establish your needs 
and um, that the other person has the money to pay. And look, I think we should probably do a completely separate episode on Centrelink or what is it called now? Oh, my services Australia, services, whatever I, it's called. Um, but I think you we'll know, have to get if, an expert because I do not. I know. know. I think we need to get an expert in. Time. I don't know if they want to come on our podcast. A child support lady might, but mm. run, don't walk to the actual to office yeah. of a Centrelink place that takes people. Don't go banging on doors of random. Yeah. But go in, take a ticket, sit down and just say, I need your help to explore what possible money I can get yes. from the government because I'm really struggling. That's right. And get them to go through all the pot- potential options for you on top of you getting spousal maintenance eventually, but at least you can have a backup from the government because the government's not just going to let people become destitute and well, homeless. Well, hope not. Well, there are homeless people, but I think that the government is giving money. Like yes. someone made a very good point to me a while back because I, I was a little worried at one point, yeah. and he said to me, Laura, in my country where I come from, it was actually Pedro, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there is no government help for people. You yeah. just, if you're poor, you're poor, that's it. There's no handouts, mm. there's no payments. But in Australia, we're very lucky we are. that our definition of poor is different to every other country. So he said, hey, I know it doesn't sound like a clip, but you go to the government and ask for help. And on top of that, you can also go without going to court, get child support as well. Yep, if you've that's got true. Kids. All right, I just so thought that, I'd put that in that there. I'm like, you're so, right, Rilla. Yeah, and, yeah. and I remember you told me that, that mm. and that is true. We mm. forget sometimes. So it's it's um, sometimes it's hard when you're comparing the life you had when yes. both of you were together mm. compared with the life you're leading now where perhaps the other person's withdrawn support. But you know we we're all right in this country. It'll and get we'll us get through there. until yeah. you get your property settlement. Yeah. So, what does the court think about? And then we're going to talk about the page that the the things you need to do to get yeah. in there. But what does the court consider when making an agreement for making an order? Our spouse maintenance. Yeah, they they. It's really just two things. Okay, whether you have a need. Yeah, that is. You don't have sufficient income or resources or assets to support yourself. Mm-hmm. And secondly, can the person that you're seeking support from, can they afford it? Right. Have they got a capacity to pay? Yeah. And typically the maintenance hearings that, that I've done over the years r- involve two steps. Mm-hmm. If, if you're in before a judge and there's often a scope for, so we say, oral evidence where a person gets in the witness box yeah. and then they take you through the expenses and go, oh, wow. well, what about this? What's this $200 a month for? For hair care, you don't need that. So this is the form that we're filling. We'll talk about the forms in a minute. But yeah. they go through and have a look at your expenses and see if they're reasonable. Well, so, and, uh, hang on, wait, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get put in the witness box, yes. and I know when I was going through my divorce, I, I was blonde. I had mm. to stop. I had to stop. Yes. It was so expensive to be yeah. blonde. I'm now a brunette and I'm, I'm staying that way. Uh, saves a lot of money. But if I, like, if someone had put that, like, oh, I get my hair done, but yep. they've always got their hair done. Does and that, they've always had their nails does done. Does the court not see that as a need? No, I think not. Oh, I gosh, think they'd okay. say, look, so that's unfair. a bit high. Yeah, it is a bit high because but there's always a difference. And I know you talked about cutting off legs and cutting off arms the other day, but it's about <laughs> dividing. She, she means in an episode, in an as episode. In percentages. So, we're yes, about percentages. She was saying you've got to work out what you're going to cut off. But, yeah. but a cake, it's a cake and the money now has to support two separate households and mm. two, two separate real estate properties wow. and, and you no longer have 
um, that luxury. Okay. So, yes, so okay. they'll go through. But also they go through then the person who typically, the person who's supposed to pay will say, oh, but my, I yes, I earn $3,500 a week, but my expenses are $3,600 a week. And so the barrister for you would trawl through those and go, really? Are you spending this much on, wow. on your super? You're putting extra money in your super or, or you, you're doing this or you're paying money for someone else, you know, going on holidays. Yeah. So that that all gets taken into account. And then the judge decides, do you have a genuine need? And if you do, how much? And does the other person have capacity to pay um, you? And if so, how much? If it can't, if, if he can't pay or she can't pay all that you need, uh, then how much of that can that person pay? Right. And typically they they do a little bit of a, a divide and I think both people walk out a little bit unhappy. How long does that usually take? Oh, it can take a half a day, okay. full, full interim hearing. That's mortifying. It is embarrassing. Uh, well, what, you know, I've seen it. Well, what do you buy at the chemist, Mrs. Such and Such? Really? You know, yep, yep. Uh, medication? Yeah. Jeez. And I had um, a lady who had all her dog expenses in. Mm-hmm. And they said no? They, well, the judge didn't, but the other side tried to allege that she should get rid of the dog. Oh, my goodness. I know. So it is humiliating, but really um, it's it's better than nothing. Short-term pain for long-term pain? Well, yes, it just gives you stability. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess it would be horrible if someone, if one of our listeners is listening, and I know we've mm. got some members who are a bit worried that they're going to have to pay spousal maintenance. Mm. You would want them to diligently go through it and make sure they're not Absolutely. just going not and spending it. it on buying yeah. vintage Barbie dolls like I sometimes do now. Yes. <laughs> go and buy my vintage Barbies. Yeah. Okay. So, Mum, the next question is, can you go for it? So, can you go for it if you're still married? As long as you're not divorced, I mean, even if you're not divorced, yes, yes. you can. Okay. Yes, so you can always do that. Okay. Same as because divorce settlement. is a different process mm. altogether. That that's right. The actual divorce, and remember, there's time limits for spousal maintenance. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be the same with the de facto relationship. Two years from the breakup of your de facto relationship, and family law with the divorce, it's usually twelve months after the divorce. Um, the exception to that is one that doesn't really apply here, but it might be that if you've already got an order within your 12 months of the divorce, mm. um, of an, say say the order is, I don't know, $120 a week, mm-hmm. and then after the divorce you need to change that order to get more, even though it's well after 12 months after the divorce, you can go and change it because the original order was made within that 12 months. You don't have many people these days who are getting maintenance for the rest of their lives. Well, what if you get remarried? Well, then it stops. Okay. This is so weird. Okay. Mm. All right. So how do you apply? You didn't ask the obvious question. What? What happens if they go into a new de facto relationship? I do hear about people doing that all the time to cheat on Centrelink or child support. I don't know if it counts in child support, but, yeah, they get a partner, but they they pretend they're friends. Yes. So what happens then? Well, if the court's satisfied that they're in a new relationship, Mm -hmm. that you're in a new relationship, then it might might stop the child support. But... um, the, ma- the maintenance, the maintenance. Uh, sorry, not the child support. Yes, the family, yeah. the spousal maintenance. But if you, ca- if they're not sure, they might not. You Jeez. know, and I mean, a marriage is so black and white. You're either married or you're not married. But yeah, de, but facto de facto is very grey. Yes, yes, very c- confusing. Mm. Okay, so how, Mum? So, so obviously you've got. So if if you're listening today, hopefully mm. you've got in already set up your Centrelink 
Hopefully that's starting. Uh, child support, if you've got kids, you've yes. got that started because that's something you can do pretty quickly. Yep. Um, hopefully you've also started to negotiate for property settlement because you're entitled to some yep. of the property pool. It's not all theirs. No. Even if they earned it, even please remember that. Yes. Even if they say it's all mine, you only stayed at home and did nothing, mm-hmm. don't listen to them. You are entitled to that. So you're, st- But that property settlement is going to take ages. Yep. So maybe the spousal maintenance is what you need to apply for to keep you going until that time. Yep. So, Mum, how? So how do we apply, Mum? Well, it's a standard application um, in the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia, FCFCOA. You go to their website, you download the initiating application, which I think is the Form 1, and that is the document that you fill in. You fill in your name and addresses and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, You put in the orders and it would be something like that, that, the respondent, because you'll be the applicant, pay to the applicant the sum of blank dollars uh, per month or per fortnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next paragraph, next order would be, and that money be paid on the 1st of every month or the 30th of every month, whatever, into the bank account of the applicant. And you can put your bank account details in there as well. So that those orders. That's all you write. So, yep, they, they're your kind of orders. Remember, and this is education, education, so get some legal so it advice. sounds like that, yep. Okay. And then sometimes you might put, if you've been asking for it and they haven't um, agreed, you might put that they pay your costs. That, right. That the, the respondent pay the applicant's costs. Right, because okay. it does cost money to, to put. Go to, that, the irony of this is, no <laughs> offence, Mum, no offence to the courts. Well, it, if you're asking for money because you're struggling, you have to pay to put it in? Well, you might be able to, if you've got a Centrelink card, you mm-hmm. usually don't have to pay to file okay. the document. And if you haven't got a Centrelink card, but you really don't have any money, um, and that often happens where there's a business or companies that you're director of or shareholder of, but you actually don't have access to any money, um, there's a form to fill in, um, a notice of hardship, and then you for waiver of fees due to hardship, and you may not have to pay any fees, Okay. So then you also have to fill in a um, financial statement uh, and that needs to be... Um, oh, that's a fun jaunt. <laughs> they, they always get you to fill in financial yes, statements for but, everything. And this one, well, the court doesn't know otherwise. Oh, true. And the, the worry about this one, well, the worry, not the worry, but it, this is the harder version of the financial statement. So it's your normal financial statement, but that bit at the end that we normally tear off and don't need, mm. part N, N for November, is N for nightmare, and you have to break down your expenses. <laughs> right. And it has a column for you and a column for each of the children if there are any. So it might ha- say like food, right, and then you're supposed to put how much you spend altogether and then how much is for you and how much for the kids, which is all a little bit artificial. You're just going to yeah. guess. So, yeah, people have a rough idea and they go, oh, well, you know, I've got teenage children, they eat their heads off, whatever, it might be half, half. Um, then you – and it goes right through everything, clothing, medical, haircuts, holidays, um, electricity, car, rego, all of the things, mm. all of your expenses. Now, your main part of your financial statement has got the big stuff like credit card debts and, and house payments and things. So this is like the the incidentals and living okay. expenses. And when you get to the bottom, you add it all up, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you put an E in front. Okay. And as I've said, I think I've said it before, so when they want to know what you pay for car rego, for instance, if you pay, I don't know, is it $100 
a month or something. I have no um, idea. Then you don't just divide that by four and say it's two fifty a week because the there actually are more than four weeks in a month sometimes. So what I want you to do, if you have a, an annual fee amount you pay, um, then I want you to work it out as for twelve months. Right. So if it's if you pay something every three months, multiply it by four. If you pay something every month, multiply it by twelve, mm-hmm. um, and then divide that twelve that that that, that number by fifty by fifty two because that will give you your true weekly amount. Okay. Okay. Right. That's wow. an interesting one. And then you add them all up. So the financial statement when mm-hmm. you're doing your initiating application for spousal maintenance, mm-hmm. it's just the normal application form. Yep. Um, does the financial statement is also on the FCOFCOA yep, website. It's there. Okay. And you really probably need to fill it in first so you know what to ask for in your good order. Idea. So in your application. So you might I mean, it's a good thing you'll be sitting down when you fill it in because some people, if especially if you're living very hand to mouth, you're not game to look mm, at what your but expenses you're gonna are. Have to look. You're going to have to. And it's and it's not really what you spent last week because you couldn't. Mm. It, it's the stuff that has to really be done. Okay. You know, so and I think bills. artificial nails and hair colouring is a little bit, you know, the court's not. They're, 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 uh, they're okay for a haircut. Mm. Um, but, you know, you've got to be careful not ex- being Not a $600 gold foils? No, dear. No, no you can't no. do that one. Okay. Okay. All right. And so, so, that, so the court will, then you add it all up and that, Tells you your income is is um, written on the front page of or the second page of your financial statement. Underneath it, it says total expenditure. You add all these bits up and then put the number there. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the two, the shortfall, is what you should ask for for spousal maintenance. Okay. But see a lawyer. Don't, yeah, see don't a lawyer. Take, it's tricky. Yeah. yeah. But you, if you, but can you can do a lot of this yourself. You can feel all this in yourself. Yeah. yeah. You'll save a lot of trouble. Yeah. But just go and see the lawyer. Just double check that's all right. So a financial amount. statement, initiating application. Yeah. You've got to do a genuine step certificate to stay that, say that you have tried to mediate or tried to negotiate. So are you telling me to get... <laughs> To get spousal maintenance, if it's not urgent, yeah, if it's not, you urgent. have to try and do mediation. You do well. You have to try to negotiate. Okay, you know, and and it might be that you should go to a, a free mediator. Yes, for this sort of thing because you don't want to be spending more money. And really, um, whether you need to see a lawyer at this stage, I don't know, but it wouldn't hurt to where just do, get an idea. Where do you find a free mediator? I think Relationships Australia are based on your income. Okay. So they might charge they you do nothing. Property? They can do this sort of spousal okay. maintenance things, okay. yeah. So before they've or even filled care. in the forms, yeah. maybe the Actually, financial. Maybe not. Might have to have a look, Mum. I don't know. It's not Relationships Australia. It's Centre Care does Centre property. Care. Yeah. But I think if you have a look at the financial statement, mm. so I'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. Everyone can go there, fill it in, have a look at what the gap is. Yes. Then try and mediate with yeah. your ex and try negotiate and, negotiate, and yeah. say, hey, look, I need spousal maintenance mm. until until property settlement, mm-hmm. um, which will speed up property settlement, mm. I bet you. Yeah. Um, here's my thingy. This is what mm. I'll be putting in uh, or tell them how much mm. the shortfall is. Can we go to mediation? Yeah. If they, if they refuse mediation, that's when you file in court. That's right. And right. then you fill in. 
You know you could find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We're there waiting for you right now. If you want to get more out of The Divorce Course, all you have to do is go to The Divorce Course Podcast at Facebook or TikTok or The Divorce Course on Instagram. There we share bite-sized pieces of information and bite-sized inspiration and motivation to help you through this difficult time. Come and join our community and let us know you've joined. We'd love to see you there. Yeah, if they if they refuse mediation, that's when you file in court. That's right, and right. then you fill in your genuine steps certificate, which says I've tried. Yes, I've tried to mediate. I've tried to negotiate. Yeah, and I've given him. Well, you have to give him notice him that you're her. going to go. Yeah. Him or her notice that you're going to go to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks notice of intention, unless it's urgent, and also unless it, uh, if it's likely to uh, expose you to any domestic violence, mm. then um, then you need to. Uh, Keep your address concealed and, you know. Okay, so, all right, so let's think this out. Mm-hmm. It was a plan. You're sitting on the couch. You're freaking out about money. Go and download the financial statement. Yep. Fill it in. Figure out where your head is at. What yep. can you cut out because the court's Grab not going to give you money. Grab a calculator, a cup of coffee and some chocolate. And then email your ex or yep. use a lawyer, whatever it is that you can afford, and say, hey, I think I'm going to need spousal maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you willing to go to mediation or are you willing to agree to it? Yep. Uh, if they're just willing to agree to it, then sweet. Well, you might ask for three hundred, and they'll offer you two eighty, and yeah. you think I can live with that. Yeah, um, and then if they say no, not going to mediation, and the mediator's tried, you get the certificate. You then have to write them a letter to say if you I don't to go to court, help yeah. with this situation. I intend to take you to yeah. court within the next two weeks. Yeah, so that's a long process. Well, I think you can condense that. That telling them you're going to go to court, mm. I think you can do that in the first letter when you ask them for the money. Right. Um, you can say to her, you know, um, I want this much by spousal maintenance and if um, you don't respond, then I propose to go to court within two weeks and these are the orders I'm seeking right. and you have to put it all, set it all out. Now that seems really scary. So hopefully mm. for everyone, their ex will agree yep. when you ask them in a letter or in mediation. And and just remember, uh, Centrelink payments. You mm. know, we've we've imagined yeah. in our imagination we've taken our person to Centrelink and yes. they're getting some payments. As far as the court's concerned, they don't count as income for the purposes of of um, working out your maintenance. Oh, okay. So if you're getting, I don't know, uh, three hundred dollars a week, and two hundred of it is child support. The court will assume you're only getting one hundred dollars. Oh, week. that's good. To you know. still have to put it in your in your document, um, but f- for the purposes of working out how to help you pay your bills, basically what the what the family court says, with the Commonwealth, its Commonwealth body, mm-hmm. and the um, Commonwealth government is the person is they pay the pensions, yeah, and they're protecting the public person, and basically their thought process is, I think, why should the community pay for your for your wife or when, your husband when this guy when or this lady when you, you your partner can you can support pay for each it. other so, until, yeah. yeah and and okay. we do have an obligation to support each other so so that's why it's it says specifically in the act that any uh, income tested pension or benefit is not counted as income so maybe is there a consideration then if you are getting centrelink or child support mm. that it will be reduced if you're getting spousal maintenance. Oh, usually will okay. be reduced. Right. Yeah. So you need to look at that. You do. And you weigh do. up what's better. 
Well, maybe, yes, yes. Because you have to go to court for this. Yes, that's true. Now, in saying that, Mum, it does seem very scary to be like, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to take you to Mm. court. And I'm guessing these people who are listening to this episode probably don't have the money for that. Yeah, they can represent themselves. They can represent them, but there's also usually a lawyer. A duty lawyer on the day. A duty lawyer. They can give you a bit of advice. They won't appear for you, but they'll give you some advice. So So just ask if you can talk to the duty lawyer. So you go into the court and you say, I'd like to talk to to a duty lawyer. Yes. I think we've completely skipped a big step. What's that? And that is you filled in your financial <laughs> statement, you filled in your genuine step certificate, you filled in your initiating application, yes. asking for spouse, but you haven't filed it. Oh, well. well you can't go to court. People know to file. No, people don't. Well, we, okay. So <laughs> if you write, uh, you've given them the warning yes. and then you actually have to follow through. Yep. Well, you don't have to, but um, I never make a promise about something like that without following through. Okay. Because uh, you want your partner your ex to know you mean it when you say something you mean it okay so, so can you walk into court and file it or can is it better to do it's, it on a portal it's better to do it on the portal if you've got um e-filing they really want you to do e-filing so it's called com courts com courts yep and you can find it uh, you can go onto the federal circuit family court of australia website mm-hmm. and find the information about that yep um, if you do our course, we talk you through how to do the yep. do the Comcourt It's compulsory. Portal. Yep. Um, you upload your documents. It won't let you file if you're missing any documents. That's true. Um, so once you've filed them, oh, actually, we missed one. One document, an affidavit. No, we missed something before what? that. Got to get someone to sign it. Mom. Oh, yes, yes, sign so it. So you've got to go and find it. someone who will sign, witness yep. it, and it can't just be your friend, can it? Has to be, got to be a JP or a, a solicitor, JP or a lawyer, yeah. and yep. you can find JPs at shopping centres. Yeah, often in Westfield and in country towns, there's generally one at the pharmacist or a real estate agent. And there is a resident JP usually available at, at the, court. the magistrates' court courthouses. In, yeah, yeah, in most states and most places. So, and and while you're there, you can get the uh, affidavit that we forgot to talk about mm. <laughs> signed. Now, your affidavit's just going to be. Quite short. Yeah. Uh, it can't be more than about, I think it's 10 pages altogether, but it shouldn't need to be that long. And it'll give a little bit of the history. I'm this old. He, She's that old. We married on this date. We're separated on this date. Or we began de facto. Um, and I, I'm I'm not working. And say, why are you not working? I'm looking after a child under the age of 18 or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And then... Um, and then you put in the circumstances of the other person's work, as mm-hmm. far as you know it, mm-hmm. and and set out why you need support, why you can't get a job, why why it is that you need maintenance, and for how long you need it. And that's your sort of reasons to give to the judge. So you sp- swear that and then lodge that, okay? Right. And when you lodge it, it costs you money. Unless you've got an application, uh, you've got a... Um, an exemption from paying the fee right. by way a, of having Centrelink payments, a, a Centrelink card, yeah. or through hardship, as we talked before. Okay. So, um, you've, so you've done up your documents. You've asked him for them or her for the money. Uh, you've uh, filed them all in the court, and it's four documents. It's the application for spouse maintenance, which is a general application, initiating application, that is. Number two is your financial statement. Number three is your affidavit. And number four is your genuine steps. And an application for exemption of fees. And that little sheet of paper for that as well. Holy moly, that's a lot. And and with the affidavit, 
um, you attach some bill. If you've got bills that are not paid, attach them to your affidavit yeah. and just show. Or if you've got a foreclosure, show, mortgage yeah, letter, gosh, warning letters. Whatever. Yeah. Just list it all there. Yeah. And, and you need to take through. in your bank statements and things to show the court that you don't have any money. And how long does it take from filing it to something happening? Well, if you've asked for urgent hearing, it should be quite quick, right. like a few days. If you if if it's not an urgent application for spouse maintenance, then it'll be on the next duty list and the court tries to get that in within six weeks. Right. And that's why I always say to people, if you're going um, and there is money or money in the redraw facility and you're leaving, you might want might not want to touch it or you might think it's a bit of a betrayal but honestly um if you can if you take at least half you can always at give least it you back can eat yeah and that's right you can always give it back and yeah. make sure it's yours like it's don't take it from a company joint money yeah. yeah um so the other thing mum we forgot to mention is you <laughs> you need to you need to give it to the other side they oh, need yes, to know. Serving them, that's right. They yes. need to know. Yes. So how do you serve it to them? Uh, you, you get someone to take it over to them. If they've got a lawyer, you can send it to them, but yeah. So I you think... send it send it to their lawyer or yeah. you or can take it over? Them. Well, yes. And say, here you go. But you're better to have a stranger do it or someone who can be, isn't biased to say, no, I really did give this document to him just in case he doesn't turn up. Okay. Okay. And because then they've they got to need file to the come, response. They need to come to the court. So you'll be given a yes. court date. Yeah. So they'll be told, here's these applications, this is this, this is what they've mm. filed, they're looking for spouse maintenance, here's the court date, this is the court you need to turn yep. up to. And you need to, you've got things to do. So if the respondent then needs to file a, a the response. The respondent, who's your ex. Yeah, yep. the person who is responding to the, your application has to file pretty well the same documents, except instead of an initiating application, it's a response, then he has to file or she has to file a financial statement and then usually an affidavit. And, and you've also got to swap some tax returns, your three most recent tax returns, oh. uh, completed superannuation information form, um, and uh, a copy of the last four business activity statements if they've got a business. So you disclosure. Yeah, really disclosure. You've got to do it before you go to court. Right. So basically, um, for some random reason, we have a how to fill in the initiating Response to initiating application form on our website. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the the initiating application form on our website at the moment, but you can go look at that if you are responding. Mm. Um, but it is pretty much the same as the initiating, yeah, really. Yeah, it's not so much could look different. At that. Yeah. But the, look, the, it is a big, long process. But if you start the ball rolling with the easy things we've talked about, um, you might not get to this point. Now, how often do people end up having to go? How many spousal maintenance trials have you done? I've probably only done about three or four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, because usually they settle give in? in. Yeah. Okay. They settle in. Because right. once you've got your evidence there and they know that, you know, They'll be in they have to pay something and, and then, it's a question of how much. Does it affect the property outcome if a judge has seen that they had to order the person to do spousal maintenance? No. So, so, so you presenting your nasty ex who's financially mm. controlling you does not in any way affect your the judge's opinion of a property settlement? No. Oh, no. wow. Personalities okay. don't count. Look, okay. you, you've heard that expression, <laughs> blind justice. 
So no, I've in, never in heard divorce. that expression, but yes. <laughs> well, you know, um, it, they, that's why they normally have that goddess with her oh, uh, blindfold on. Yes, because it, they're not meant to be partial. They're right. meant to be impartial and not take sides. Mm-hmm. And that sort of history, that like it's unlikely that your spousal maintenance hearing will take place before the judge who ultimately oh, does okay. the property anyway. All right. So as mum said, it's really rare that anyone ever actually gets to that point. Mm. As long as you start the motion, fill in the forms yep. and 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 be like, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to have to go to court. They usually are going to give in. So that fear that you're probably feeling in your gut mm. of one, I've got no money mm. and two, I'll have to go to court mm. on my own. Both of those fears can be alleviated if you just do some painful paperwork. Absolutely. And you know, what, and some number some of, crunching. Yep. Well, some of the ways that they've settled recently, the ones that I've done, is one, they've had some, uh, they had a, a rental property mm-hmm. um, and they just agreed that my client would keep the rental money. Um, huh. going forward okay. you know, to keep her head above water, so to speak. Or there might be like a lump sum payment or something. So it's generally the the court, I mean, we do end up in so the it, court over it sometimes. So but, it doesn't have to be every week, a, a payment per week. It could be a, a lump sum A lump sum, sum spousal maintenance, the, yes, yeah. you could ask okay. for that. Yep. Okay. So if you're at home and you are freaking out about money, you don't have to. If there's a massive there's property pool, yep. if there's a massive property pool, if your ex makes a squillion, mm. it does not mean you have to suffer. Um, but even if there's not a lot, yes, it, it shouldn't be one of you struggling and one of you not. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You should both be struggling. Yeah. Is that basically or, the attitude? Or just comfortable. Yeah. But I think I think it's really hard for people, especially I have a feeling that it's usually, you know, I do think it's usually the women that just suck it up and keep mm. it quiet and don't tell anyone they're struggling. And mm. I mean, it must be even harder for a man to apply for spousal maintenance uh, in it some ways because of the modern people still have old We're not, days of that's opinions. Right. We're not that. We're modern. not modern yet. No. Um. So both people are struggling, and particularly if you've got a manipulative, controlling ex, or mm. if it was domestic violence, or it was high conflict, and you were scared of them. The last thing yeah. you want to do is threaten to take them to court. Well, and do you know what sort of support those people often offer is, oh, I'll pay your mortgage for you, but you have to stay there or, you know. Yes. Um, and so it's like a controlling thing. So you're like a bird Use in a cage. Use my credit card, yes, to buy your groceries. And then it's, what were you doing over there? I'll take that off. You know, what to yeah. get that from the health food shop for? I'm not paying that. So don't let them control you with a credit mm. card and then make you go through the statement. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be off. You give me some money and, and I'll, I'll look after myself. And the court will normally order that. So that's what, I, in my experience. Yeah. Um, but, in, yes, the, that's a trap mm. where they sound really plausible. What do you mean she wants more money? Or what do you mean he needs um, a lump sum? I've already said I'm going to pay his electricity, I'm going to pay his phone. But it's just that there's no dignity in that, mm. you know. And in that spousal maintenance, can they ask for money so they can see a lawyer? No, that's really an interim property. Right. Okay. And so that's, that's a, a whole thing. other story. So but you'd have that's to... one of your other things that you can do if you're broke in okay. the early stages and your other person. If there's a real imbalance mm. between the financial situations of both, and I've had it where, where one party's having a full gold service lawyer mm. and uh, buying jet skis and the other lady, my female lady, she was worried about paying for a, a $198 
hour. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And well, so we try to sort that out. Lawyers are freaking expensive. So mm-hmm. that could be another whole episode altogether. Actually, we do have an episode on what you can do if you can't afford a lawyer. So oh. we have actually talked about this before, so I'll try and find that episode and pop it in as okay. well. Um, so to those out there that are worrying right now, I hope this spousal maintenance episode has helped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I hope it has. Um, and I hope that most of you can settle this and sort it out pretty quick. And go to the Family Court website. They've got some great like DIY tips. Mm. Um, those documents are all there on the FCFCOA website. Yeah. And they have a do-it-yourself financial statement kit yeah. for filling in. Yeah. And so it, it's more patience than anything else that you'll need. Yeah. And the magic E, if you can't work out exactly how much or you don't know exactly how much, mm. then put an E in front of it for estimated yeah. and give it your best quality guess. Look, I'm I I know when it comes to money, I've got a weird relationship with money mm. and I freak out <laughs> and I would rather not know mm. because, I don't know, for some reason I used to think I was safer if I didn't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I have learnt I've got to look at money, I've got to understand what's happening with yep. my money and I've got to know what my budget is and now I feel way more in control. Yes, yes. So if anyone out there is avoidant and they're just freaking out and they just want to put their head in the sand, I think tackling this mm. will make your divorce journey a heck of a lot oh, less absolutely. stressful. Because if they pressure and pressure you to settle for property and because you're desperate for money. Because you've got the phone bill. You're not just- going to be thinking for the long best term. long-term best mm. interest, you'll be thinking, I'll just say yes so I can get some money. Yeah. And that's why I think people need to know that this this is an option. Yeah. yeah. I call it starving you out. Mm. And they I think they do. Mm. So, you know, this is um time for our ladies and, and men to uh sort of stand up for themselves, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and begin to get some new normal. Yeah. And if you can't afford to see a lawyer to get to give you some help with this, go and find out the legal Free legal uh, services in your legal state. Legal services yep. in your state. And and they will hopefully guide you through a little bit. But go and do the financial statement mm. right now. And if you haven't gone to Centrelink and if you haven't applied for child support, that is something you can do. First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. <laughs> Make that one step towards a better yeah. future. You can do stuff online. All right. Thank you so much, Mum, for your time. You're welcome. And hang in there, everybody. I hope this episode was helpful. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thank Mom. you, Laura. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.